0: Chapter Four of the Boy Scouts and Swift River, by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, The Empty Bunk. A slight ripple splintering the slanting rays of the morning sun and tossing them in a million flashing points, gave a sparkle as of living fires to the surface of Upper Lake. In the bow of Woodcraft Girl stood Hal Harrison and Walter Upton. Eagerly they drank in the familiar, yet because of long absence, unfamiliar, beauty of the flashing lake and its wonderful setting of forest-clad mountains. "'There's Seward just pulling his nightcap off,' cried Hal. "'Yes, and there's old Scraggy, just as bald as ever,' cried Walter. "'And just as rough as ever, eh, Hal?' was the quiet voice of Lewis Woodhull, who had brought the launch down to the head of the lake to meet the two boys, just as rough chief said he nodding his head thoughtfully and i guess i know how rough that is i guess you ought to son that was some hike of yours across the lumber cutting that day you gave the fire warning al blushed at this thinly veiled compliment to his great feat of the summer before when his quick wit and courage had saved hundreds of acres of valuable woodland and perhaps even woodcraft camp itself from destruction by fire on old scraggy how's chief avery he asked in order to change the subject fine and fit replied Woodall. i tell you hal you've got a leader in avery who is a leader he's everything a scout should be i know it replied hal nobody knows it better than i do i owe him a lot are all the delawares back this year inquired walter eagerly for in the division of the camp into two tribes walter's fate had made him a delaware of which tribe Woodhull was chief? Not all, replied Woodhull, though most of them are or will be on hand. A couple of tenderfeet arrived yesterday and are due for initiation tonight. You got here just in time, Walt. I wouldn't miss it for a farm, declared Walter. Do they look promising? Yes and no, replied the chief, reaching for an oil can. That is, one does and one doesn't. "'And yet I have a hunch that the one who looks least promising "'may turn out the better scout of the two. he continued musingly. "'That's the trouble with snap judgments. "'They don't get deep enough. "'Pay dirt doesn't always lie on the surface. "'Sometimes you have to sink a long shaft to find it, eh, Hal? "'Nobody guessed the true metal when you landed with the Senecas, did they, son? "'And yet it was there all the time.' it may be that i'm misjudging this new comrade just as we all misjudged hal last year so i'm not going to tell you which one it is we'll just see what the initiation brings out (laughs) it makes me crawly just to think of it you fellows never knew how near you came to getting my goat last year said walter smiling whimsically as he recalled his own initiation and the test of nerve which won for him an honorable place as a delaware warrior "'Woodhall smiled, for as chief of the Delawares "'he had been master of ceremonies on that memorable occasion. "'Yet you must own up that there wasn't a thing to be afraid of. "'Come now, was there?' he demanded. "'Not a thing,' laughed Walter. "'But just the same it seemed then as if there was. "'Common sense told me that you wouldn't do anything "'which would put me in real danger. "'And yet I imagined all kinds of things. "'Funny what a fellow will imagine when he can't see.' and still more funny how a fellow will forget that same common sense woodhull replied fear is chiefly lack of common sense and nothing else or rather it is failure to use common sense the good scout will never let his imagination run away with his common sense well there's old woodcraft does it look good to you you bet walter and hal exclaimed in unison as they eagerly picked out the familiar buildings and scenes the launch rapidly drew into the long pier, on the end of which a group of boys stood watching for new arrivals. There's Spud Eli, cried Walter. Oh you Spud he shouted at the top of his lungs, ending with the long, rolling yell of the Delawares. It was evident that they were recognized for a volley of yells greeted them. Oh, you wolt. Who you been looking this time? Here comes Fire Eater Hal. Opton, the boy detective how's your friend red pete then there was a mingling of delaware and seneca yells and in the midst of it the launch was laid alongside the pier and the two boys were hauled out and shaken hands with and pounded on the back until they had no breath left tug benson seized walter's duffel bag and jap appleton shouldered hal's while amidst a volley of questions and answers the group started for the two wigwams as the log dormitories were known It was a new experience to both Walter and Hal, for they had themselves been tenderfeet the year before and had landed from the same launch unheralded and unknown. Now, underneath the banter and the jollying, they could feel a certain warmth of comradeship, an unspoken compliment to established individuality, a subtle expression of genuine regard, which made them tingle with something more than mere pleasure. Hal went on to wigwam number two, for he was a Seneca, while Walter turned in at the familiar doorway of Wigwam number 1, which the Delaware shared with the Algonquins. Well, "'Where's Billy Boxby?" asked Walter as Tug dropped the duffel bag. "'I knew I had missed something ever since I had landed, but I couldn't just place it. It must be the stir that that little beggar always manages to make when he's around. Hasn't he arrived yet?' As Walter spoke he noticed Tug's face had grown suddenly sober. "'Haven't you heard?' "'Tug asked. "'Heard what?' demanded Walter. "'About Billy,' said Tug. "'No,' replied Walter. "'Isn't Billy here? "'Has anything happened to Billy?' "'Tug made no reply, "'but walking over to an empty bunk "'beckoned to Walter. "'It was the bunk that Bucksby "'had occupied the preceding summer. "'At the head of it, "'in a little ebony frame, "'was a newspaper clipping. "'With a queer feeling tugging at his heart, "'Walter leaned forward to read.' It bore the dateline of Buxby's hometown and was as follows. Boy Scout hero gives his own life to save two others. W. H. Buxby, 14, rescues two comrades from a watery grave, but has drowned himself. William H. Buxby, Jr., better known to all his acquaintances as Billy, a 14-year-old Boy Scout, was the hero of a sensational rescue at Three Mile Run yesterday afternoon, when two of his comrades fell into swift current and but for his prompt action would have been drowned. The pathetic feature is that Buxby was so exhausted by his efforts in saving the others that he was unable to keep himself afloat until help arrived. Buxby and his two companions, James Burridge, fourteen, and Frank Eastman, fifteen, all three members of the Black Wolf Patrol Boy Scouts, had planned to explore the west bank of Three Mile Run in quest of early wildflowers. Bucksby especially, being an enthusiastic young botanist. The heavy spring rains had resulted in a sudden and dangerous rise of the river at this point. The boys had noticed the turbulent condition of the water and had made some remarks about the swiftness of the current, but no thought of danger had entered their heads. Without warning, a section of the bank on which Burridge and Eastman were standing gave way, undermined by the water, and the two boys were thrown into the current, Both were indifferent swimmers, and the suddenness of the catastrophe confused them to such a degree that they were virtually powerless to help themselves. Buxby appears to have realized in a flash their helplessness, and stopping only long enough to throw off his coat and kick off his shoes, he plunged to their aid. Being an unusually strong swimmer for a boy of his age, Buxby reached Eastman without difficulty, and putting into execution the principles of life-saving as taught in the Boy Scout training, He got the older boy to the bank at a point where a landing could be made. Burridge, in the meantime, had gone down for the second time. He was just sinking for the last time when Bucksby reached and grappled with him. By this time the cold water and his exertions, hampered as he was by clothing, had begun to tell on the brave rescuer, and it was only by the utmost effort that he was enabled to make any headway across the current. Eastman had recovered sufficiently to endeavor to lend some aid from the bank, He managed to push out a long pole at a point where Buxby could get a hold of it and gradually pulled the two in until he could reach down and get a hold of Burridge. It appears that young Buxby was too exhausted from his efforts to longer support himself afloat, for his grip upon the pole relaxed and he was swept away. He appeared to wave or make some signal to his horrified comrade on the bank and then disappeared. The alarm was given as soon as young Eastman could reach the nearest house, the searching party was at once formed, but the body of the young hero has not yet been found. Billy Buxby was one of the most enthusiastic boy scouts of his district, and was very active in all branches of scout work. His wide circle of friends will miss him sadly, for his fun-loving disposition and merry ways had endeared him to all who had come in contact with him. In giving his life for his comrades he was true to the great principle which underlies the whole scout movement, to which each boy subscribes when he takes the scout oath and pledges himself to do something for others. Walter's eyes were misty as he finished reading, and he turned away his face that Tug might not see how near to tears he was. Tug understood, and for a few minutes the two boys stared in silence at the patch of light pouring in at the open door of the wigwam. It it won't seem like Woodcraft without Billy around said tug breaking the silence in a strained choky voice walter swallowed hard at a lump in his throat and replied you're just right tug it won't they relapsed into silence again each busy with memories of the merry comrade whose pranks had so often made the wigwam ring with laughter "'It was a sobering thought that he who had been so bubbling over with life and good spirits "'should have been the first of their number to answer the last roll-call. "'And there was real cause for pride, too, "'in the way in which this happy-go-lucky, fun-loving, impulsive boy "'had met the supreme test without faltering and apparently without questioning. "'Some such thoughts as these were passing through the minds of the two boys "'as they slowly made their way toward the door. "'Tug was the first to speak.' and it seemed to Walter as if his companion must have read his own thoughts. So exactly did he express them. I'd I'd like to feel sure that I could be as prepared as Billy was, and, and should act as promptly if the occasion demanded, said Tug hesitatingly. I was thinking that very thing, replied Walter. Do you remember how Billy was always wanting to do something big, and yet... I DON'T BELIEVE IT ENTERED HIS HEAD THAT WHEN HE PLUNGED IN AFTER THOSE OTHER TWO FELLOWS, HE WAS DOING THE BIGGEST THING HE COULD DO, RISKING HIS LIFE FOR THEM. I BET IT NEVER OCCURRED TO HIM THAT THERE WAS ANYTHING ELSE TO DO. IT WAS JUST LIKE HIM. HE DID THE BIGGEST THING THAT ANY SCOUT CAN DO. GAVE HIS LIFE FOR OTHERS. AND IF I KNEW BILLY, HE DID IT WITHOUT THE LEAST LITTLE THOUGHT OF BEING A HERO gee i will miss him have you seen honey yet tug broke in abruptly in an effort to change the topic no replied walter let's go over and see him leaving the wigwam they passed to the rear of the mess house and as they turned a corner walter emitted a whistle of surprise sitting on his haunches his little ears cocked forward his mouth open and his tongue hanging out from one side his whole attitude one of droll, pleased expectancy, sat a half-grown black bear. "'Honey, you rascal, you heard us coming, didn't you?' cried Tug, fishing in a capacious pocket for a lump of sugar. "'You're the best scout in camp, for there's no stealing up on you.' "'My gracious, how he's grown!' Walter exclaimed. "'It doesn't seem possible that that can be the little squalling cub that Billy caught last summer.' tug you sure did a sprint record that day tug grinned a bit foolishly at this reference to his wild flight on the occasion when honey had been captured by billy bucksby i had company he said dryly you sure did replied walter you didn't have much on me getting out of the woods that day by the way did anyone ever get that old she-bear no but big jim got one of the other cubs last winter and he says he has tracked the old one this summer said tug "'Hello. Harrison is signalling to you.' Walter looked up to see Hal waving to him from the direction of headquarters, and this reminded him that he had not yet paid his respects to Dr. Miriam, the head of the camp. "'The big chief is waiting to see you, Walt,' said Hal as the others came up. "'He's just the same as ever. It does a fellow good just to shake hands with him. "'Gee, isn't it good just to be here?' "'You bet it is,' Walter and Tug exclaimed as one and then Walter started for the office, while the others strolled toward the landing. End of Chapter 4